Hi, friends. Before we get started with this week's episode, here are some announcements about places I'm going to be in the very, very near future. One, I'm going to be at the Q Worship Collective Worship Weekend happening in the LA area. Uh, LA area. Apparently, I am completely northwest. Um, but the Q Worship Weekend is going to be taking place in the LA area next Thursday through Sunday. That's August 25th, 26th, 27th, and 28th. There's a whole lot of really, really cool stuff happening there. So I hope that you'll join us. Then you can go to QWorshipCollective.com to get all the info. Um, or you can just Google Q Worship Weekend uh, Eventbrite and it should come up there. All the information is there. I'm so, 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 so excited to be doing that. Secondly, I'm going to be at Theology Beer Camp. If you've never heard of Theology Beer Camp, it's the event created by the fabulous folks at Homebrew Christianity. Um, that's um, who was uh, the guy on the podcast recently, Trip Fuller. He's the one who heads this up and he invited me to do a podcast there. So A Tiny Revolution is going to be live and Your Favorite Ants is going to be live. Even though Sarah and I are on hiatus, we still make a really good team. So we're going to be doing a show together. And if you want to get 50 bucks off your registration, you can use the code FAVEANTS. That's F-A-V-ANTS. A-U-N-T-S. FAVEANTS. Um, I'm going to put that in the description below and you can also do that. Um the other thing I want to say is I am hosting another cohort, the last cohort of the year. I'm so fucking excited. So if you're somebody who is ready to get your spiritual shit together, and by that I mean maybe you have deconstructed and you're trying to find how, how to do spirituality, how to get in touch with that sense of peace that you've maybe been missing, uh, this is a really great way to do it. I even have somebody who is in the present cohort who is going to do the next cohort again because she's experiencing such dope and profound changes and she wants just to do it with people some more. So if you have any questions, please let me know. You can comment or send me a little DM or you can just go to thekevingarcia.com slash cohort to learn all about that. That's all the announcements. I promise, I, well, I won't promise, but I'll tell you... Mm. Never mind. Let's just get into the show. Woo woo! Hello, hello, hello. Welcome back to another episode of A Tiny Revolution, a podcast about ordinary folks living revolutionary lives. I'm Kevin Garcia. I'm the host around these parts. And this is episode 174. And I'm talking with my internet friend, Melinda Hale. Uh, before we get into talk about her, I have like one more thing. I know I said I wouldn't do any more announcements, but th this is my show and I'm gonna do what I want. <laughs> oh my God. Um, I wanted to let you know, one of the big things that I've been loving this past year is helping curate this thing, The Crowded Table. It's an online spiritual social club for anyone who's like deconstructing their faith, who is like finding a different kind of faith, who's exploring different ways of being spiritual. Um, it's queer folks, it's post-Christian folks, it's ex-evangelicals, it's every, you know, witchy, woo-woo, vibey-ass bitches. Um, it's a really, really fun time. And I hope, 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 hope that if you were looking for community that maybe you'll pop over there and join for as little as seven bucks because A, it helps this show keep going like, I'm about to hire an editor for the podcast and that's about a hundred bucks per episode. So I've got to like, you know, gotta get that up. 
So if you want to support the show, that's a really easy way to do it. It's on a sliding scale. If you want to give more, you can. It would be amazing if we could find more people to support the show so we can continue to create more encouraging content and more uh, powerful things. So that's that. I would love for you to check that out. Um, if you want to learn about that, go to thecrowdedtable.mn.co. Links and all that stuff are in the show notes. So enough about me. I want to tell you about Melinda Hale. Melinda Hale, like me, internet human, an incredible uh, voice and what she does on her podcast called We Need to Talk is focus on powerful one-to-one conversations on everything from veganism to Black Lives Matter to progressive Christianity. She is kind of a delicious voice to be watching. In this conversation, we also get into a conversation uh, around... In this conversation, we get into a conversation about Jesus Christ. We talk about deconstruction, everyone's favorite term, um, but specifically why it seems to be so fucking white. Why does it seem that that we're trying to dismantle and be anti-racist, but like there's still no black people in our circles? And this is something I think about in my work too. Is like I understand that like uh, uh, I do have uh, people of color in my audience, but it is majority white. Um, and so this is just a conversation I really wanted to learn and evolve in, and to figure out how I can remove myself from what I from from hegemony, really. So, you're going to love this conversation. Get your thing caps on. This is my conversation with Melinda Hale. Hello, everyone. Welcome to A Tiny Revolution, a podcast about ordinary folks living revolutionary lives. I have on the line today, Melinda Hale, who I have discovered through the Instagram and on the TikToks and all that good stuff. Um, Podcaster, writer, personality, and hopefully new friend. I'm like really excited to like just excited to get to know you as a Aww. human so welcome welcome to the welcome to the show welcome to thanks hanging out thanks for having me i love watching all of your stuff also discovered you on instagram and through some mutual friends we have they're all on yeah, the same journey <laughs> right where it's really cool to see how this uh, i don't like calling it a movement it's just my movement moment something whatever it is but it's really cool to see how it's a, I mean, I think it's cool how it's taking shape. There's a yeah. lot like a lot of learning edges and a lot of learning curves, but like by and large, like five years ago, I can't imagine having any of these conversations yeah. on the in person, let alone on the internet, you know? Absolutely. I, I love it. And I love that people aren't afraid anymore. I think the reason it took so long is because obviously being in the church, we know how much fear is instilled in you as opposed to love and critical mm-hmm. thinking. So I love that people are kind of getting out of that and realize, no, these conversations are important to have. So let's just do it and get rid of all the fear. Yeah. Let's start off. Let's back up just a half a second. I always ask folks, how do you introduce yourself to people right now? Oh, I love that question because it's definitely evolved over time. I mean, first and foremost, I'm a singer. Music has been my main thing mm-hmm. since day one. So I, I say that I'm a singer-songwriter and an educating activist. Um, and I emphasize educating activists because you will not see me on the street <laughs> with a big <laughs> sign. <laughs> not so your deal, I, not your thing. It's not my thing. It's not my ministry. Um, but I do, I, I definitely consider myself an educating activist because I like to educate people um, with activism and, and teaching them about social justice and progressive Christianity and all the things that matter to me. So yeah, that's really how I introduce myself and then, you know, go into the millions of things that I do. But those are my 
that's my multi slash title. <laughs> yeah, being being the high the multi hyphenate multi hyphenate passionate person is like, I was like, what do you do? I'm just like, that's a good question. What do I do? <laughs> We're changing um, the world one one uh, passion at a time, right? I'm hoping, hoping yes. to. <laughs> um, so talk to me like a little bit about you're growing up, like you've come from a Christian background, I assume, mm-hmm. since it's what we're talking about, because nobody who doesn't come from something like we did does like gets on the internet to keep talking about it. Right. Absolutely. Well, you know, I, I've had this conversation with many people. I actually was very blessed and lucky enough to have been raised in a pretty liberal progressive household and mm-hmm. church. And so I really wasn't even exposed to evangelicalism and you know what we know that now to the craziness until I went to college I went to Azusa Pacific University my upbringing Ooh, I know was so very... many APU babies <laughs> yes I'm sure we probably have some, some mutuals but my upbringing mm. you know I was surrounded by I grew up in Santa Barbara which is predominantly a white city so that's another conversation as well but in terms of my church background you know my parents were always very loving very accepting um growing up up one of my mom's best friends was gay like we were never taught that that was wrong in the church whatever like I was exposed to just love and, and that's how I was raised and that's how I've always moved through my life and I I really my dad wasn't a church person but I really owe it to my mom who's one of the most loving true Christians I've ever known in my life and mm-hmm. so when I went to APU I was like whoa <laughs> wait a minute where yeah. did all of this theology come from why are what is I so confused right now and I always joke and I said this before on I was on the Ask Jesus podcast which I know you you know you're mm-hmm. very good friends with, with Danny yeah and, doesn't like as yeah Easy. um I said I went into APU liberal and I came out super super liberal because I was like yo this is not <laughs> this is not what's up, right? And just Mm -hmm. from that experience alone, I realized I had a lot of work to do in understanding what that mindset was because I didn't know what deconstruction was and you know until recently, mm-hmm. but I'm like, I guess I've been deconstructed my whole life because that was never the mindset that I had. That was never anything that I mm-hmm. I, I was aware of. And so I kind of went backwards in terms yeah. of, I didn't, I didn't construct, but I was like, okay, I wanna understand what this is because this isn't the Christianity and in the life that I was raised in. So it was a very mm-hmm. interesting journey going to that church, being liberal, being a Democrat, being a black woman. Um, there was a lot of a <laughs> lot of things that I experienced in that in that environment. When did you know that it was like, okay, I've because like I assume like you started school, things were weird. Was there a point in your journey at school where it's like, oh, this isn't just weird. Like, this is harmful. Mm. Oh, that's that's a very good question. You know, I don't think I even got to that point in school. Um, mm. I just I think I just realized going through it and talking to people that I was just like, mm, I don't feel that way. But okay like if that's what you think then okay but i don't think i got to that point of like oh this mindset is harmful until i was in new york and i was mm-hmm. um an assistant worship leader at um a mega church called journey metro and i have no problem calling them out because they're probably call them out af and right i tell everybody i was like it was grace midtown in atlanta georgia and they're the worst 
I love the it. The good yeah. father, just like yeah. more like annoying, annoying worship pastors. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So I was an assistant worship leader there. And I remember that, long, I mean, long story short, they kicked off one of the uh, team uh, members of the worship team because he was gay. And I was like, mm. oh, this is what y'all think. And so I ended up leaving the church and I was like, I don't want to be a part of anything like this. And um, that's when it really clicked. And then I was like, you know, you have that flashback of like, oh, all of this stuff that happened in APU. Now I get, like, this is what they really think. This is mm-hmm. what they're afraid of. This is what they're teaching. And so, yeah, I'm, it, it took me a long time. It took me a while to, to realize and, and know. Um, but that experience in that church, it made me take a break from church for quite some time. Um, and then when I moved to Chicago with my husband, we found a really loving community, super diverse, super inclusive. And every time I walked into that building, I was just, I felt God's love. And I was like, this is what church is supposed to be like. Right. right. And I just, it was a lot of people that also took a while to find a loving community and hearing a lot of the stories of church trauma and religious trauma, I was really naive to how much pain the church had caused for a lot of people that I loved so dearly and I didn't understand. So I'm I'm upset that it took me so long to realize, but I'm so glad that I'm aware now because now, you know, my whole mission is to try to help and correct that and show true love to people. Mm-hmm. I, and you, uh, I assume because you're going to a church, you, do you still strongly identify as a Christian right now? You know, it, it. I do. I do. I, I'm not going to say that I don't say I'm not a Christian because I don't want that label to be co-opted mm-hmm. the way that it has been. And I really right. am trying to like turn this ship around. Right. Um, <laughs> mm-hmm. I, I do say like I'm a Christ follower because I do know that I'm the type of person I do want to make people feel comfortable. So I don't want to mm-hmm. say like I'm a Christian and then have them like like you can you can can I like kind of cuss on this show? You can cuss it. You can say anything you want. This but is, like you this know is... like people's asses clench up when you say I'm a Christian. You know what I mean? Yes, <laughs> they, they do. do. They do. And so like, I oh. like right. They're like Ugh. and so then you have to like oh I'm not that kind of Christian. Blah, 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 blah. So I say I'm a Christ follower, and that makes people kind of perk up. Like oh what do you mean by that? It's like I lead with love, and that's it. Like that's the basis mm. of what I do, and I want you to know that. So I do consider myself a Christian because to me, a Christian is someone who follows Christ and that's what it's always supposed to be and has been. It's changed for other people, but that hasn't changed for me. Yeah. I think the word Christian, especially for me, it's like always like, not really a hit or miss, but it's like, it's because like you say, like, I mean, like for you, your definition, I like that. And I would, based on that, I'd probably call myself a Christian. That's the definition. And then we have in West the Western church you know, within American Christianity, people who say, this is what it definitely means to be a Christian. And this is what it means definitely not to be a Christian. It's all about whether you confess this one thing. And if you don't, or you can't, so it's, it's not even that you don't, but if you can't, mm-hmm. you're out. Yeah. And it's like, there's no room for like, I noticed like the, the beginning of like my big departure was like a moment I had with my pastor where, I realized I'm not allowed to have a different thought about anything. Mm-hmm. I'm not allowed to believe that gay people are okay. Uh, even if I support my church and say, I understand why we have, we, we do, but you know, maybe outside the church, there's a different thing. No. And that's what they thrive on is really keeping uniformity of thought because if you don't, they lose their power like that. Absolutely. Absolutely. Church is not known for promoting, teaching, or allowing critical thinking in any shape or form. 
Mm-mm. in any shape or form whatever the pastor says goes and it's like okay and I, and I feel honestly I do have empathy for people that live in middle America because that is all that they have truly uh, mm-hmm. like like literally all that they have is like church and then you know their family I mean I have a friend that just moved to South Dakota for example and he was like for every like five miles there's one person that's how small their world is Ooh. so for them if those people go to church, they're going to put so much emphasis and so much stock into whatever that pastor says or whatever that church is, because that's their community. That's the people. And that's what they're told to believe. And they don't have reference for anything else. And a lot of these people also, they don't even leave their, their hometown. So they have no exposure to anything else. And I do have empathy for that because I do know that sometimes it's a means thing. They're not able to, mm-hmm. um, but if you do have access, then you don't have an excuse. And that's my, that's how I feel. So like when you go into these bigger cities and you have people that have these closed-minded views and these harmful definitions of what a Christian is, but you have the opportunity to be exposed to different types of thinking and different people and you choose not to, then you're just, you know, it's willful ignorance. That's what bothers me so much about, I think, a lot of, like, would-be, like, moderate people who think they're progressive, but they're just, like, I'm, I believe women can be pastors. That's right. about where it stops. Right. You know? Because, <laughs> right. um, like, that's, it's, it's mind-blowing to me that you can call you or me friend and then vote the way you did. Yeah. You know, it's, it's, it's. It's, it's like it's like you're not my friend like you're not you're not my friend if you like I like I like so many times like churches especially white churches especially progressive evangelical quote unquote progressive evangelicals yeah thing <laughs> would be progressives you know they 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 perpetuate the same problem where they will bring up a center a marginalized voice and even like you know love bomb the shit out of them to make them feel welcome but then when push comes to shove around needing to create actual space or room for difference, there isn't like, like, I remember like, hmm. I mean, I'm sure, I'm sure you've had this thing where you've poured your heart into somebody talking about a really hard thing. And then, you know, a couple months later, it's like, Oh, we decided that the definition of marriage is a man and a woman, or the definition of diversity is going to be a diversity of thought. Yeah. Oh my God. You saying that phrase just made me itch. I'm so sick of hearing diversity of thought. You're trying to, I feel like I just tweeted about this um, Mm -hmm. that, you know, specifically conservatives, but I've seen it in, you know, in progressive spaces as well. But diversity of thought is just you being and giving yourself an excuse to be a bigot. That's all it is. Mm -hmm. That's all it is. There's no diverse in your thought, in your line of thinking. You're trying to excuse your racism, your homophobia, your misogyny, all of it. It's just an excuse. Yeah. And the thing is just like, I don't care if you have those views. I just need to know about them up front so I can steer clear of you. Right. Because at this point, and also I, don't bring Jesus into it. <laughs> you were, yeah, I, would, I just watched a little TikTok about that. It was just like when like when you're talking to somebody about this and you can I want you to maybe un- unwrap this a little bit. You said just ask them, what did Jesus say about that? About everything. Mm-hmm. They can't. Mm-hmm. They have no answer when That's, you ask them that. They have no yeah. answer. It's, and it's and it's 
funny. <laughs> like, I don't know what to say. It's, it's hilarious to me because it's like you stump them. It's like, but you call yourself a Christian. And the literal definition of a Christian is someone who follows the teachings of Jesus Christ. So if you're following the teachings of said person, what did that person say? And if you can't answer that, then I'm sorry, you are not a Christian. Ooh. Listen, I am. Okay. So this is where I am. Like it's, there's always like the people who are like, you can't call people not Christians. I'm just like, I want to do it all the time personally though, because I look at myself and I'm like, I've, I know I'm the most religious person in my family and I am the mm. only, I'm the only queer person. I'm the only like moderate to liberal person. And and all of them still go to church and whatnot. I don't. And I am the, well, I do. I do go to church. What am I saying? It's just, I don't go often. Yeah. <laughs> um, if I'm, if I'm leading worship at my little gay Baptist church, I'll go. I love it. Um, but I'm the most religious person in my family, even though my, my practices extend beyond strict Christianity. It's so funny to me that just like, I take seriously the way of Jesus more seriously than most people who call themselves quote unquote Bible believing Christians or like, mm -hmm. and I'm in the same boat. I'm just, I really want to look at people. I'm just like, faith without works is dead, baby. That's what James said that, right? Amen. Yep. And yep. not, and not works in the sense that we need to create buildings or like art projects or anything like that in the sense that we need to, um, <laughs> I don't know, like fucking love people, you know, it's like create space simple. for difference. It's you that know. simple though. It's we've made it. And I don't want to say we, because I certainly haven't, but we've made it so complicated and for no reason. Look at what Jesus said. Truly look at what this man said and what he did. What happened to mm -hmm. what would Jesus do? Did we just throw those that out? Like it was just a trend on a bracelet. Like we're not even taking it seriously anymore. You yeah. know, it's, I mean, like I was, there was the, I don't know if you saw the story, but there's like an ad campaign going out called he gets us and it's a hundred million dollar ad campaign to make quote jesus the most popular brand in your city billboards about jesus and church and getting back there and one of them said jesus welcomed the huddled masses and i'm like imagine spending a hundred million dollars on on billboards to talk about what jesus wanted to do rather than just doing what was instructed, which was to feed them, to clothe like, them. Oh, that's <laughs> what drives me crazy. It's like you saying a hundred million dollars on a billboard. It's like, do you really think that that's what Jesus would want? Do you really think that he would want you to spend a hundred million dollars plastering his white created face on mm. a billboard and not spend that on helping people? It blows my mind how far away we have gotten from his messages of humanity and equality and loving others. It was very, very simple. Love God, love others. Mm -hmm. And then I, I read something recently that I love. There's a book called Wisdom Jesus, and it kind of uh, treats Jesus as a perennial wisdom teacher and kind of like takes his teachings far beyond. And what um, the author said, I can't remember her name, uh, Christine Bourgeau? Maybe mm -hmm. um, if I'm wrong, I'm sorry, everyone. Uh, but in the book, uh, the author says that when Jesus says to love your neighbor as yourself, Jesus was saying, you must love that person as an extension of you. Mm -hmm. 
Mm. You, when you see that person, when you love that person, you are loving yourself. And when you love that person, you are loving God. And when you're loving mm. yourself, you are loving God. And you are also loving that person. Love yourself as an extension of yeah. them. Yeah, yeah. It's this, and it becomes such a delicious thing. It's no longer like I have to, like someone like, also, I think Paul was right. He's like, consider others better than yourself. I'm just like, Paul, you had zero self-esteem. You really hated yourself, dude. You were an angry celibate man who didn't understand why other people who didn't have your mystical experience couldn't get it like you. Mm. You said a lot of good mm. things, but dude, calm your shit, man. <laughs> Sorry. <laughs> That's my rant about Paul today. <laughs> That's your rant about Paul for the day. I love that. <laughs> That's um, funny. When you... um. I'm curious for you now, because like you mentioned that you go to a dope church in Chicago. Um, uh, well, well let me, did. Let me... I'm in LA now. I did go to a dope church, oh. church in Chicago. Yeah. Rock and roll. I'm trying yeah. to get out to LA within the next five to seven years. It's on my list. So come on uh, out. Come on out. Oh, the sunshine, the weather, the um, lack of humidity, because I live in Atlanta, Georgia. And let me tell you what. Oh, yeah. You probably, it's just. You're walking through a forest or jungle. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> in the in the I'm I'm already there. Like I'm calling. I'm wearing like gym shorts and like a tank top under sleeveless. I'm ready for. I love it. All the yeah. I um. So something that's kind of like come up within a lot of the construction spaces or whatever within like different conversations is something I've you know at least for me and maybe like you can like speak to this. When I came out five years ago, the word deconstruction was not in vogue, or six mm-hmm. years ago. Mm-hmm. Um. And I just knew, I, I thought that my, I would said that my faith is evolving. My faith is growing beyond its bounds. I'm not pulling anything apart, really. It's just that the parts that are dead are falling off now. And I don't have to, mm. to deal with that. But something that happened, I think, when Trump got elected, plus the coronavirus putting us all into lockdown the first time, caused a lot of people who were not, who were stuck in those megachurch spaces to not be in those spaces. And all of a sudden they have distance from it and they can see you know, the emperor is naked now, you know, they can see Mm. that there's a problem. Um, But it's been this thing where a lot of white folks, a lot of cishet folks who are coming in saying, I know what's going on. I can tell you what's going on. And then when they get called out on it, it's like, they're very mad. Mm. Like, it's like, it's like, we still are dealing with like our youth group wounds, if you will. We're still treating each other like we're sitting in the school cafeteria where there's like cool people over here and like um you know friendly black hotties over here um cool asian kids over here you know and that's actually like, active band geeks it's actually active band geeks <laughs> and that's obviously where i have fallen <laughs> um but i don't know like I, I i still see a lot with you know our delightful friends on the internet we're 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 out of those spaces but those spaces aren't out of us does that make mm-hmm. sense yeah it does it does i mean it's hard for me to speak on that because that wasn't my my journey but what i am seeing specifically and I, i'm going to speak as a, as a black woman um as in the deconstructing space <laughs> you know what I, but i've said like my mm. my um my vantage point right from seeing this what i have seen and that still kind of needs to be fixed and this is also goes on to like what martin luther king talked about with the white moderate right Come in a now. lot of the deconstructing spaces what i have seen is simply just white people and i think that that in itself is a problem because you're not seeking out other voices now granted 
it's kind of this weird catch-22 thing because majority of people that are going to be leaving the evangelical space are going to be white because the evangelical space was predominantly white. But that's mm-hmm. the problem. And that's what I think one of the things that we need to talk about that we're not talking mm-hmm. about. You know what I mean? Yes. It's the people who are leaving the space. So it's like, on the one hand, it's a good thing that people are leaving because yes. And it's no surprise that white people are the most dominant within this or seem to be very dominant right now because those are the people who need to change the most. Yeah. Um, And at the same time, the problem, like they will not change in the way that's most helpful if they continue to be surrounded by hegemony. Mm. Yeah. Yeah. You nailed it. Yeah. Yeah. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. Um, (laughs) And that, um, I saw that, I guess a couple of years ago, I was talking like a lot of my witchy friends. Uh, Cause you know, I like, that, I'm, that you do, yeah. listen, I'm out, I'm out here. Like I was talking with my moderators for my online community and just like, just casually, I'm just like, yeah, we're not trying to start a coven here. Like I know all of us are witches, but like, we don't need anybody. <laughs> it's just obsessed. Very, listen, Waffle House witches. I love I it. I love it. Is um, that, that should be, you should get a t-shirt. This is Waffle House Witch. Oh, listen, dear Waffle House, we've got, do we have a deal for you? <laughs> um, so I guess like the, the question following that then is for you now, what does ideal spiritual community look like? What would be a, a lovely, healthy, life-giving thing for you? What does it require? I love that question. I love that question because... I've thought about this a lot. And yes, it's like perfect world where there's, you know, rainbows and butterflies, right? Um, yeah, of course. I think, <laughs> which will never happen. But I, a perfect spiritual community for me is, well, first and foremost, one that allows critical thinking and conversation and no fear. And it's not based on fear and it's based on love and allowing you to grow, right? I think that that's what we should all be striving for. I think the purpose of, I think the purpose of religion is to find a safe place. I do think that that's what the original purpose should have been at least, but obviously it's Mm -hmm. become about control, but that again, that's a tangent. But I think um, clearly diversity, I think having people from all walks of life, different backgrounds, different stories is so important because I think when you're around people whose stories are completely different from you, it just makes you a better person. It makes your awareness brighter and and bigger and I love being in diverse communities I love talking to people that not only grew up in different states but grew up with different cultures and um, you know different traditions I just think it's so important but all roads lead back to God even if it's not even through Jesus and that's you know we can talk about that too but I do think that all roads lead back to God and I think that that's what Mm -hmm. makes God so great he she it what they whatever you describe God as you know I just grew up calling God he and that's just Mm -hmm. what I'm comfortable with but I don't care what anybody else says but for me I think that the reason there are so many different religions is because God wanted everybody to find a path that works for them And Jesus was the path that I chose because I aligned with that. But I think there are so many different paths to God. So for me, I'm all about interfaith ministry and interfaith existence. And that's, this is another tangent I'm going to go on, but that's one of the things that has always upset me about Christianity is how egotistical it is to say that what you believe is the only way to get back to God. 
Do you, like, really? You truly think that God was like, you only have one way to get to me. He's like, no, because God is like, I want everybody to love mm -hmm. me. I'm going to give you all these options. Right. It's like a buffet, right? I'm going to give you all these options. You choose which one you want to get to, but you will always find your way back to me. That's mm -hmm. how I see it. It's like you, if you're hungry, that's the requirement. Are you hungry? Would you like to eat? Would you yes. like some bread and wine, baby? Yes. yes. Like that to me sums up why I think, I mean, like, I, I'm sure if I was born some somewhere else in the world, my context would be different. So I'll probably find myself, but like, I feel like in whatever place it'd be, I, I've always been drawn to that mystical feeling of just, no matter where I go, I can't get away from God. Mm -hmm. That's another thing. I, I have more faith now that nothing in all of all creation, height nor depth, angels nor demons, powers, principalities, etc. not even my own opinion can get in the way of God, mm. you know, not even my fuck ups, yeah. you know, not even, not even my internalized racism and outright racism, not even my internalized transphobia, et cetera, mm -hmm. can get in the way of God's love for me. And that's, I believe that more than mm. most Christians do, I think, because <laughs> they believe that my queerness can get in the way of it. Yeah. They believe that you're, you know, you being an empowered woman is getting in the way of, I'm like, absolutely. I'm like, you really think I'm that powerful? That's amazing. <laughs> right. Like how small is the God that you believe in? You know? Yeah. That's what's crazy to me. Yeah. Yeah. I'm I'm fully in alignment with you on that one. Mm. I can't wait till we're in the same city. I think we should kick it and be very sad. Uh, I love little, it. Yeah. <laughs> um, I've been, uh, I want to ask a couple more questions. Like just, yeah. it's like, a, it's like a, not quite a rapid fire, but it's like, these are the five things I'm asking everybody because I think I love it's it. fun. Um, so, Melinda Hale, uh, what uh, what's one thing that you like about yourself? Oh, I my empathy, absolutely, my empathy and my heart for people. That's mm -hmm. one thing that I'm very proud of, and I give props to my mother because she she taught me just how to love people. Mm. Yeah, yeah, moms can be very wonderful people. Mm -hmm. We're very lucky. Yes. Yes. Um, what's uh, one thing that you are super proud of? Or just regular proud? Like super proud. Super proud is a good one. <laughs> I am super proud in this. Oh my God, it's taken me a long time to even be able to say this. But I am super proud of the things that I've accomplished, even though I'm not where I thought I would be. But looking back, I'm like, oh, like I even had a friend once tell me, you know, have you ever written down like your accomplishments or your resume without your name on it? What do you think of that person? And I did it yeah. once and I was like, oh, shoot, I've done a lot. Like I've accomplished a lot. And it was so humbling and I was so grateful. Like, and that was a way for me, at least for God to be like, see, like, why don't you trust me? Like, I know what I'm doing. Mm -hmm. Right. So, yeah, I'm at this point in my life, I'm 35 now. And I'm like, you know what? I'm actually super proud of all that I've accomplished. And I think everything that I have accomplished is just leading me to the next thing. So it's hard to appreciate listen, the journey, but I, it took me a while to, to get here. <laughs> listen, Abraham Hicks says the better it gets, the better it gets sometimes. Mm, I love that. And what I mean by that is like the more I keep myself in the center of who I am supposed to be and what I'm supposed to be doing and the things that bring me joy to quote, uh, what is it? Uh, Chariots of fire. When I do what I'm supposed to be doing, I feel God's pleasure in me. Mm. And that's what I'm like, why would I deny God God's pleasure? Yes. yes. Like, 
You want to talk about a sacrifice of praise? Like, I will not deny God what is hers. Ugh. Anyways. Yes. Um, what's one thing that really pisses you off? Like a little pet peeve or something like really big that really yeah. pisses you off? Either one. <laughs> uh, I mean, all the crap we've been talking about. Mm-hmm. <laughs> uh, but I think what pisses me off is, <laughs> this is going to sound really funny, but what pisses me off is that when people say something really, really charged and mean and then block me. Like, <gasps> you coward. That pisses me off. I'm like, no, you're going to engage. You you can't get away. But obviously I can't find them and get back at them. <laughs> but it pisses me off to no end because one, I'm always willing to engage with people no matter what. I truly, truly am because I do. And this is my model with my podcast. Everything begins with the conversation. You can't do anything without having a conversation. You can't decide where you're going to go with your friends. You can't decide what you're going to do for the day. You can't just, it, Everything starts with a conversation. So if you're not even willing to get to that point, like it drives me crazy how little people are willing to actually have civil discourse. It drives me, it pisses me off. It really does. Mm. Yeah. Because like they like, and that even though, like, this is another thing, like, even if you stay calm in the center and you're just like asking a question, their emotions start to get heightened because mm-hmm. they realize they're being backed into their own corner. Nice. And I'm like, I'm literally not moving. You're backing yourself into that corner. Come back to the table. Yeah. And let's and, talk. Yeah. But no. Yeah, but no. they say something so, mean and then they block you. And I'm like, why did you, first of all, you came to my page. So why are you blocking me? <laughs> like, that's the other thing. <laughs> yeah, I, I don't block people very often. Like, I don't either. I try not to. There is, there was a point very recently where I blocked somebody who I've just had historically just like bad. I'm like, I'm trying to under, I was trying to be the bigger person. I'm like, I'm going to understand you. We're going to engage in civil discourse. But we just got to this point where it's just like, you just really don't like me and you've got some shit that you need to deal with. And apparently I've got some shit I need to deal with because I apparently don't like you either. Mm. So let's not, let's not do this. And so I just was like, you know what? Let me add to my piece. Let me bless and block. Cause yeah. Yeah. You can't, you're not being kind to me and I apparently can't be kind to exactly. you. Exactly. So, exactly. Um, yeah. It's all about the peace. I have realized like I was definitely in the camp of like, I don't want to block people. I don't want to block people. But there are some times when you're like, this isn't worth the, the mental turmoil that you're trying to put me through. So I I'm choosing peace in this moment. I am. I want to yeah. say, I don't think anything on the internet is worth my mental peace. If I'm being <laughs> like, that part <laughs> I, I I'm again if people are willing if people are genuinely asking a question I am so willing to go there with people but if you're being an if you're being an asshole you don't want to listen you don't you don't even want to you don't want to you can't learn it from me because to you I am the enemy yeah and and I'm tired I've got I could be doing something else and like giving you my education for free yeah um so um What's something that you're really committed to or dedicated to? Social justice, 100%. It's just, it is everything to me and educating people on equality and equity and, you know, progressive Christianity and just how we should be as humans. It's, I'm very, very committed to that. That is fully my ministry. And Mm. um, yeah, I won't let up anytime soon. It matters a lot. Hell yeah. Damn. (laughs) <laughs> What's one thing you want to do before you die? This is going to make me, this is kind of emotional, but even though I don't fully know where I come from, as the, is the, the story of most Black Americans, mm-hmm. I definitely just want to go to Africa because mm-hmm. it, just being able to 
step foot on where I know my ancestors came from um, will be very, very emotional, but also humbling. And um, it's something that I want to do, something I want to do with my daughter, hopefully my mom as well. My dad will not get on a plane. He hasn't been on a plane since 1976. I'd love to bring him, but he won't. <laughs> I know. He, had, he would listen, have one at, bad at plane that, ride. And at that point, like, you got to keep it. Yeah. At that point, you got to keep yeah. the street going. <laughs> um, but yeah, my husband and I have talked about that. And it's just, it's something that I definitely want to do because it matters. Even if I, like I said, I don't know exactly where I come from because that privilege was taken away from me and, and my family. But just being able to go there would be an honor. So that's that's definitely on the bucket list. I want that for you. Thank you. I want you. that for you so hard. And I can't Thank wait you. for you to do that. It'll yeah. happen. Oh, yeah. You know what? Oh, yeah, absolutely. I want some. I want someone else to pay for it for you. So you. <laughs> that's what I want. That's my favorite well, thing. I, I was, well, yeah, from your lips to God's ears. Come on. Listen, I'm a money witch. Things just it. sometimes happen for me. So like if you ever need, like people it. think I'm joking. It's just like, I don't believe in magic. It just works, okay? <laughs> it's like, I don't believe I in astrology. That. It just works. Um, anyways, <laughs> um, thank you for being with me. Thank of you course. for taking time. I I value your perspective and like your your work on the internet. I have learned a lot from watching you and your your shit. Thank uh, you. So keep doing it as much as as long as it's fun. Yes. Keep doing it as long as it's fun. Yes. Um, I appreciate you. And same for you. Everything that you do, everything you talk about, your presence is needed. So man. keep doing what you're doing as well. I receive it. Can you tell folks on the internet where they can find you, your work, give you money, etc.? <laughs> yes, absolutely. So on uh, Instagram and Twitter, it's just at Melinda Hale. On TikTok, it's at Melinda Hale Official. And you can go to my website, melindahale.com for my podcast, my blog, other projects that I'm working on. And if you want to send a little love offering for the work that I do. Um, yeah. Um, <laughs> send a love offering. Send dollars. Subscribe to things. Yes. Um, yes. Rate things, etc. All of the, all of the above. Yes, my podcast comes out every Monday. It's called We Need to Talk. We have really good conversations. All things that we Ella. need to talk about. Also, so, I know that yeah. there's eighteen thousand people who are just triggered by those five words. <laughs> we need to talk. I know it is <laughs> like so many things, but that's why it's called that. Why? Perfect. That was my conversation with Melinda Hale. You can find Melinda Hale across the internet at Melinda Hale. <laughs> it's exactly what it sounds like. Um, you can check the show notes for all those links. Melinda, thank you for your time. Thank you for being a dope person, for being somebody who is willing to have conversations like this. And I look forward to doing it some more. I hope in the future. Like, let's plan something. I think that would be dope. Um, I want to thank everybody for joining me again today for another episode. It's been so fun. I feel so thankful. I've been doing this for seven years now. And if it wasn't for the people who tune in, I probably wouldn't be doing it. But it, um, this has grown me so much as a creative. And I can't wait to share some more projects with you. Um, just as a reminder, I'm going to be at Theology Beer Camp in October. You can go to theologybeer.camp to get your tickets and use the offer code FAVEANTS, that's F-A-V-A-U-N-T-S, to get 50 bucks off. That would be really, really fun. You can also catch me in Los Angeles next week at the Q Worship Weekend. Um, you can go to qworshipcollective.com to get registered today. And I think that's everything. 
If you've got any questions or any comments, please let me know. I would love to hear it. And while you're at it, please go ahead and share this podcast with someone you know will love it. Someone who needs to have this conversation as well. Uh, Rate it and uh, leave a little comment and review in the Apple Podcast Store and on Spotify. And ooh, if you want to sample the first chapter of my book, Bad Theology Kills, go to thekevingarcia.com slash subscribe and get it done. Download it. Um, you'll also get like an audiobook sample so you can know what my voice sounds like. And I actually think it's really fucking cute. So like, get your life, get your stuff, and I hope to see you soon. So till next time, babes, take your meds, call your person, shake your ass a little bit, move in a way that feels good, eat something delicious, call your person. I think I said that already. I love you. Bye.